Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello and welcome. It's another week. Last week just seemed to go so fast. I don't know how it was for you, but for me, it's just like I blinked and missed it. So it's another week, which means we're another week closer to Christmas, which is just crazy. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. I really appreciate you for listening. Now, this episode is part two, which is a follow-on from last week. I actually thought I could probably have made this into a three-part little mini-series, but I decided not to because sometimes you just have to make a decision and move on. Now, last week, in last week's episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to go back and have a listen. That was really focused on deciding how to decide and really sort of, I guess, looking at whose decision is it. I guess actually what it really is, is that was about the decision that you have to make before you make a decision, which sounds kind of weird, but it will make sense when you listen to the episode. So I'm going to assume that you've listened to last week's episode as we continue into this one because they they build on each other. And this episode is building on that and looking at the process of making a decision and how you can make that easier and faster for yourself. Because the reality is that we face and make so many decisions, many, many of them are unconscious. And also with all the number of different decisions that come our way and the rate of change in our busy lives, a lot of the times those decisions that you have to make can often cause a great deal of stress or anxiousness or anxiety, sometimes keeping you awake, which leads to a lack of sleep, which also has a huge impact, not just on your decision making, but on lots of other areas of your life. So you want to avoid that too. So hence why we want to explore a little bit about how you can make the conscious decisions that you make every day and in your life easier and faster for you but not too fast, as you'll hear. And we're going to have a look at a couple of different approaches to decision-making so that hopefully through this episode, you can find a couple of little tips and tricks that might be helpful for you for whatever your next decision is that you need to make. Decision-making is a skill. And this is the thing that I want you to keep in mind. It's a skill that can be learnt. You just need a bit of a framework and practice making decisions. Because even though we make so many decisions every day, we often don't spend a lot of time considering what approach we're taking that decision or making that decision with. And without spending too much time considering the approach to decision making, people can either procrastinate and just keep stewing in their juices for ages about a decision and just not actually making a decision. And that's a really uncomfortable place to be in for any length of time. So that's not good for you. Or sometimes we can just be too rash and make a really quick decision. And that doesn't help you either because you may not have had enough information to weigh up the different options and the choice that you make may not serve you. 
And if the decision that you're making has some kind of ongoing consequences, you want to feel good and clean about making the decision. So my question for you in today's episode is, what's a decision that you have to make? Maybe there's something that you need to decide, something you're considering to do with something that's happening at work, or it could be at home or in your personal life, something that you're trying to decide to do or not to do. So I just want you to think of something, just this one decision and keep that in mind as you go through this episode. So you can kind of consider that decision as I'm sharing some of these different ideas and you can see what sort of ideas pop up for you or which of the tips or tricks might kind of appeal for that particular decision that you've got to make. I remember I often used to say when I managed a team, I used to say this and I also find myself saying it quite often to various clients that I work with. When they are faced with some kind of decision and they're, I guess, in that feeling of being a bit stuck about not knowing what to do, something that I often ask is uh, in three months' time, you want to be able to look back on the moment of you making this decision and feel clean about it, regardless of how things have played out. It could have gone on to be the best decision you ever made, or it could have been wonky and lumpy and hard and you you know, are not in a great place. But regardless of that, you want to be able to look back on the moment of decision making and know that you made the decision in that moment that was right for you based on where you were at and what you considered and the information you had available to you at the time, that was the right decision for you then. You can always, in a lot of instances, you can always make new decisions that might change a past decision. But if as long as you can feel clean and good about the decision that you made, that you are coming from a place of your own personal integrity, then I think that's all you can ever hope for in any decision. Now, I have this person that I know who has a habit of basically making decisions about something that is going on in their life and then shopping their story around and talking to literally anyone who will listen and doing this over and over and over again to ask for their advice about what they think that this person should do in regard to that aspect of their life. That may be, in many instances, a good approach to take. However, the approach that this person often takes is that they ask for opinions, but then if they got feedback or ideas or advice that was different to what they had actually decided they wanted to do, then they got a bit defensive and actually they weren't really even open to any other information or perspectives or point of view that weren't the same as what they'd decided. And it was like this sort of game that this person was pretending that they wanted input, but really what they wanted was validation for a decision that they'd made. But they were, for whatever reason, not quite prepared to accept that they had made the decision. And so this is where sometimes we can learn strategies around decision making that don't actually work for us. So we want to kind of have a different approach on how you make decisions so that you can feel good about the, the way that you're going about making the decision and then the decision itself. So what we're going to be having a look at in this episode is a couple of things. We're going to look at some types of decisions, which is slightly different to the types of decisions we talked about in the last episode. And then we're going to have a look at the things that impact and influence and potentially make 
a decision go bad or not be the best decision for you. And then I've got a list of some tips on the different ways that you can go about making your decision so that you can see what jumps out for you that might be helpful in whatever you're trying to decide. And keep in mind that last week's episode where we talked about the deciding how to decide and whose decision is it and that sometimes you will have a a point of view on the type of decision it is in regard to who needs to be involved and an example of that was after I had released last week's episode about the four different types of decisions and deciding how to decide on the weekend I had to talk with Mick about a situation that we were facing about some different options of how we could handle a certain situation and they had different pros and cons and I thought that we needed to bounce around some ideas of the options and which way we go and I quickly ran him through the scenario and he did the usual which was for him to say oh you know I don't know you just I don't mind you just you just decide and I think because I had just done the episode about the approach to decision making instead of it just frustrating me which often it may have done in the past it made me laugh because I think I was on the lookout for instances where I was bringing a certain assumption about a decision and the other person involved had a different assumption about how that decision could be made so you know, it was it was an interesting one to come up after last week's uh, episode. I think it's pretty lucky, actually, that Mick doesn't listen to this podcast because I don't know what he would think. Maybe, oh, if you do listen, then hello. <laughs> Maybe I should just stop talking about Mick in this podcast. Now, the first thing we're going to have a look at is the types of decisions that really actually links in this instance to our brains and how our brains are wired. And in the book, It's called Thinking Fast and Slow by a guy called Daniel Kahneman. I'm hoping I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, He really talks about the two systems in our brains and he calls them System 1 and System 2. System 1 he refers to as the system that is really designed and geared for fast thinking. It is effortless thinking. You're really, there's not a lot of conscious awareness, not a lot of voluntary control. It's very rapid decision making, instinct kicking in often. And system two is much more of that slow thinking. It's more considered, it's more rational, and therefore it takes a bit more effort. And we need both of these systems. That's why we obviously have both. But our brains are actually wired, he says and talks about, to always default to whatever is the least effort. It's trying always to conserve energy, but that doesn't always mean it's the best way or the best thing for you, especially if there's a decision that's got ongoing consequences. So fast thinking can often be wrong, unfortunately, because our minds can be tricked by certain things like big numbers compared to smaller ratios or things like that. And also that our memories tend to focus more on the emotions and the feelings rather than the facts. And sometimes that doesn't serve us. So sometimes that fast thinking, he talks about it as being overconfident and that can get in the way of a good decision. Now, on the flip side, the slower thinking takes more effort, which is why often our brains don't prefer it because they want least effort, least resistance. But for the bigger decisions, it may need to tap into system two, which is that more considered, 
more balanced approach to uh, weighing up your options and gathering information. Now, obviously, we need a balance of both of these types of thinking, and you want to make sure that you know or decide which type of thinking is going to serve you best. So with whatever the decision is that you've got, hopefully, in mind or that you have coming up, first, you want to think about what type of thinking do you think is going to suit you best? Is it something fairly trivial or low risk, low consequence where the fast thinking is actually great because it's going to keep you moving, get you getting some momentum happening and you can always make the next decision, the next decision. And that may be perfect for the situation that you're in. Or is this decision actually where you really need something that's a much more considered approach where you need to gather a bit more information and, and make a more rational decision? So you need to decide. Now, this episode is mainly going to be focusing on the more considered thinking because you can make your own sort of gut instinct calls on your own and you can draw on your own experience uh, much better than me telling you how to do that. So we're mainly going to be focusing on the more considered thinking and decision making. All right. So now we're going to have a look at the five things that can get in the way of you making a good decision. Number one is not having enough sleep. I've been listening a little bit to a couple of podcasts with Ariana Huffington after reading her her book, The Sleep Revolution, and not getting enough sleep does get in the way of good decisions because you're just not going to be drawing on all of your intellectual power and capacity when you are sleep deprived. So you really want to make sure that you're doing what you can to get enough sleep to help you with this decision, whatever it is. The second thing is not allowing yourself enough time. When you feel rushed to make a decision, what tends to be triggered is that system one thinking of instinct, gut gut reaction, that kind of thinking. It just creates that default instinct. And so maybe you need to actually give yourself a little bit more time, perhaps distract yourself or give yourself a longer lead time, get outside, do something different, like work on a different project or something completely different get out moving and walking, exercising, just give yourself some mental and physical space. Sometimes that can help. The third thing is that potentially can get in the way of of, uh, you making a good decision is you not having the right amount of the right information. Sometimes what can happen is that you're gathering lots of information and you think that that's helpful, but Then you get to a point where you've gathered so much information, you realize there's so much more information that you might need, and then you procrastinate more by saying, I'm still information gathering. That is a problem. That is a pitfall because you could swim in that forever. The other thing around the the right amount and the right information is that sometimes you can get information from a source that's actually not relevant. And that can be confusing because different people will have different opinions. But if it's not information that's relevant or from someone who has some level of experience to draw on, then it's just confusion. And so that's not helping. So you want to weed that out. The fourth thing that can get in the way of you making a good decision is not being aware of the biases that you have. So sometimes you can think that you're trying to make a decision and you're being as objective as you can, but there are certain biases that kick in. And so you want to become aware of 
are there any and what are they? What are you actually really open to and what are you not open to? So recently, Mick and I were having to decide, uh, uh-oh, talking about Mick again. We were trying to decide about booking our flights for Christmas. We have put it off for a while because of other things that were uh, influencing that decision of when we could fly and when we needed to fly back. And so we were weighing up the different uh, pros and cons, I guess, of when we could go. And I had a realization kick in that although I was saying that I was really open to whenever we flew, there were certain things that actually I was leaning towards or I had a preference towards. And that was influencing how I was talking with Mick about some of the options. So it's really important to start to just become aware about, all right, what am I actually really open to and what am I not open to? And is that you know, information that is worth sharing with someone else if they're involved in the decision? Or is there a way that you can bust through that bias and just become completely open to no idea is a bad idea and just see what comes from it? And the fifth thing is that's a blocker is you not having any kind of clarity around what the decision is actually about or criteria against which you're trying to make this decision. Because without either of those things, you're often flying blind and you you can't make a good decision if you're not really sure how to know what a good decision is going to be made or what it looks like. And so sometimes you actually need to define more clearly what the decision is really about and what criteria need to be considered because there's again like the getting too much information you want to be clear on what your criteria are so that you don't get distracted by stuff that actually is not relevant as far as your criteria are concerned so there are five things for you to be on the lookout and to clear away if you can if you want to make a good decision all right now i want to give you nine tips bear with me i'll go through them quite quickly but nine tips that can help you make your decision and hopefully make that decision easier and appropriately quickly because i do have a a bias towards making decisions quickly because i do feel like and maybe this is just because of my own tendency i do feel like that when you delay or procrastinate or stew over a decision too long it almost becomes even harder to make the decision because you've been considering it for so long versus making it with an appropriate amount of time, appropriate amount of information, and then just making the decision. I think when you can get into that rhythm, then that serves you better. All right, so these nine things. The first one is that it helps you to make decisions easier if you have a really clear vision for yourself in that area of your life. So If it is something about your work life, then how clear are you about what success looks like in the context of your work? And I get it that defining something like what does success look like to you can sometimes feel like a big lofty question. And I still would encourage you to consider that question for yourself because when you are clear on what success looks like and what it doesn't look like, It's so much easier for you to make decisions. The second thing is linked in some ways, but slightly different is about knowing your values. And anyone that has done any works or workshop with me 
uh, or uh, has uh, been a client of mine knows that I am a big believer in values-based living. And what your values are, are the emotional states that you want to experience the most. What are the things that actually are most important to you in either the context of your whole life or the specific context that you're looking at? So when you know your values, decision-making becomes super easy or much easier anyway. The third thing is to create a pros and cons list. Now, this can seem pretty simple and basic and maybe a bit old school. However, it can be incredibly useful as a practical tool to get stuff out of your head and onto a page. And that in itself can be really helpful. Literally, just divide a page in half down the middle lengthways and on one side put the pros of a decision or an option and put cons on the other and then you just make a list under each of them now what I will say as a caveat to this something that I noticed for myself years ago I haven't done this for a while I wonder if I would still do it uh, that I used to when I was doing pros and cons lists it was almost like a game I was playing with myself of seeing whether I could make the pros and the cons the same length like the same number of pros and as the same number of cons and it was literally this ridiculous classic procrastination strategy because it was like oh well if there's as many pros as cons then I don't have to make a decision so all I was doing was really giving myself more evidence and permission to not make a decision our minds are crazy sometimes uh, so don't do that but do do a pro and cons list and be genuinely open to seeing what comes out. Uh, the fourth thing is to consider getting perspective from a trusted friend or maybe a couple of trusted friends. Do not do what that acquaintance of mine used to do. I don't know if they still do it. And just be asking anybody and everybody because that doesn't serve you. And it also is a bit disrespectful, I think, to the people that you ask if you're just you're asking, but you're not really genuinely open and to hearing what they've got to say. So if you're going to ask a friend or a couple of friends for their perspective, be open to it and think about who you ask. Ask people whose opinions you genuinely respect and trust. Because if you ask people that don't fit into that category or criteria, then you're going to be dismissive of what they say. And that's not really helping you or them. The other option around this is to consider talking with a coach. And yes, I'm a coach and you may see this as a trick on my behalf to try and get you to want to work with me. It's not. If you want to work with me, then great. But what this really is about is that talking with a coach is very different from speaking with someone that's in your life. And your friends and family I'm sure, love you and want the best for you. And they also tend to have some level of a vested interest in the choices that you make or don't make. And so what happens in that instance is if you're faced with a situation that you're really wanting objective opinion about, sometimes your friends and family are not actually able to do that because they will have that bias of wanting you to choose something that they support. And also you potentially will have a bias about what you'll be willing to say. Whereas when I work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, especially one-on-one, -on -one, 
the conversation is very different because a coach doesn't have a vested interest generally in the choice that you make other than it is the best choice and decision for you at this time. And so you can have an open conversation to really get more clarity about what's genuinely right for you rather than what's right for everybody else. Yes, you want to consider everybody else that's impacted by your decision, but I think it's really critically important for you to explore as objectively as you can first and then to involve and consider others in the process. That's number four. Number five is something that Actually, I don't really do very often, which is interesting, which is to meditate on it. So if you've got a decision that you've got to make that you're, I don't know, bouncing around with, what some people do is that they deliberately and consciously pose the question at the start of a meditation and just allow their mind and unconscious mind to explore that and see what answers or insights come up. Now, that's a different kind of meditation than what I normally do. So I haven't really done that a lot, but wanted to share it because it could be something great for you. All right, we're up to number six. This is a fun one. Uh, I can't remember where I came across this one, but I've used it a couple of times and I've used it with different um, team members in the past. And it's called the coin toss game. And that's where if you genuinely feel like you can't decide between two options you do need to narrow it down to two options then you can basically say I'm just going to toss a coin and what this is really doing is saying are you prepared to go with whichever choice it lands on because if you're not then that suggests that you've you actually have made your decision you're just not prepared to say it out loud or to commit to it yet so that's interesting in itself The other thing that you can do is then when you're doing the coin toss itself is when the coin toss is up in the air, before it lands, ask yourself, which option do you hope that it lands on? So if option A is heads and option B is tails, when it's up in the air, which option are you hoping for? Because again, that allows you to allow that unconscious mind that instinct to kick in and go oh I hope it lands on B because that tells you that's actually what you want and so then if you get that realization then you can either start to unpack and go well if I want that choice what's blocking me and that's a whole nother conversation but it can be a great way to get that insight number seven is what I call the action test because I believe that no decision is really made until some kind of action towards it is taken and so what you can do is if again if you narrow down the choices to maybe between one of two choices the question you can ask yourself is what is the action that would be the first step that you would take or or would need to take in order to make that decision be real what's the first action that you would have to take and out of the options that you've got and those the first actions Which ones of those, which action do you see yourself as doing, wanting to do, being more likely to do, enjoying doing? Because that can sometimes give you insight of going, oh, that choice means I have to do that thing and I really don't want to do that thing and I not just don't want to do it because it's good for me but uncomfortable. I don't want to do it because it doesn't feel like me. That can be great insight. So that's the action test. Uh, Number eight is to consider 
past decisions that you have made that you have been happy with the outcome. And to think back, not about what the choice was that you chose, more about how did you make the decision? What was the, the process or the criteria that you had? How did you go about making that decision? Because we all have strategies for how we do things. We have strategies around how we make decisions. So if you draw on past experience of decisions that you made that turned out well, and you can learn from that of what strategy you applied there, could you apply the same approach to this current decision? And the last one, number nine, this I call the age game. So if you're trying to make this decision and you feel a bit stuck, then what you can do is to ask yourself, and I'm a fan of asking yourself and writing it down, or ask yourself and tell someone out loud. So just don't do it in your head. Uh, so you ask yourself, what would an 80-year-old version of you want you to do? Go forward in your mind's eye to your 80-year-old self looking back on this moment. What would they think? What would they want? And then you go back the other direction and ask, what would the five-year-old you want you to do? And this is something that I have played with a little bit in the past because I've been through phases in my life where I've probably been all a bit too serious and I do like caring about things and I can sometimes get a little too caught up and forget the playfulness that is important to me. And so tapping into your five-year-old self can be fun and it can, you know, just make you smile a little bit and maybe take a little bit of the pressure off that you've been putting on yourself about making this decision. So that could be a good one. So you've got your 80-year-old self and your five-year-old self. And then this one, I put it into the bucket of the age game, even though it's not necessarily a defined age. So this could either be point number 10 or it's part of the age game, however you want to approach it, is what would the best version of you do? Because I think if you can tap into that, then that gives you insight about when you are coming from a real sense of your own personal power, your own sense of being fully present and fully in integrity with yourself, and you make decisions from that place, then honestly, it doesn't matter what the decision is that you make because you're being true to the best version of you. And what could you want more than that? Hmm. Nice thought. Anyway, an activity for you. Of all of what we've just been through, my question for you is what stands out to you as something that you could apply to your decision that you're needing and wanting to make? Do you think that you need to remove some of the potential blocks if there's blocks that you think are in place that are getting in the way of you making a good positive decision? Do you need to give yourself a deadline? Like have you been stewing about this decision for too long and you need to give yourself a time frame, right, that's it, I'm making a decision by X day or time or whatever or do you need to take the pressure off and give yourself more time create a little bit of that space or maybe do you want to play one of the games the age game or the coin toss or the action action test what is it that is standing out for you that would help you with this decision that you're playing around with what is it that was going to serve you well in making your decision
And remember, no decision is actually made until some kind of action is taken. And you will make better decisions by making decisions and learning from them because it informs you in the future about decisions that you've made that you can draw on. So don't let yourself fall into the procrastination trap or the constant eternal researcher trap, which I know I have done in the past. And don't convince yourself that you're still researching. If really you have enough information, you just need to make a decision. And look, most of the time, as we've said, you can pivot if things don't go the way that you want down the track, as long as you don't pivot too soon. But that's probably a topic for another time as well. But what are you going to do? What's your decision? That's it for this week. I hope that's given you some ideas, some insights and some things to add into your toolkit to keep building your decision-making muscle. And if you know someone who you think might like this episode, maybe they've got a decision they're trying to make or you just think that they would value some of these insights, then please share it with them so that they can build on their decision-making muscle too. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.